Well, once again, good morning and a blessed first Sunday after the Epiphany to you all. Now, in this season after the Epiphany, we get to take down those Christmas decorations, put the tree away, and move on to this new season of the church year. Or some, if you'd prefer, leave it up until candle mass, which is also appropriate. I choose to just get it out of the house. Time to come down. But for some, this time of year is kind of a bummer. For some, putting away the Christmas stuff and moving on is difficult. After all, we just enter this Christmas season. Why do we need to leave? For the others, there is much joy in taking down the lights. Or much joy at a normal or more normal electric bill. However, this season is much more than the season that follows Christmas. It is a season of revelations. Epiphany is actually the second oldest season in the church year following the season of Easter. The Greek word for epiphany can be translated the manifestation or the showing forth. It was in the baptism of Jesus which manifested or showed who he was, the Son of God, the Beloved. And that is what we celebrate today. Historically, Epiphany celebrated both the birth and baptism of our Lord. After all, they both, deal, both seasons deal in light. Deal with light manifesting who God in the Son was. In the West, though, we began to associate Epiphany with the story of the Magi. And we celebrate the baptism on the first Sunday of Epiphany. However, in the East, they still celebrate the baptism on Epiphany Day. And this was done mainly to combat heresies that claimed Jesus was adopted as the Son of God in the baptism, which is not the case, as pointed out in our Gospel of John. But this season is about joy. The joy of the baptism. The joy of the appearance of the Lord. The joy for beginning His earthly ministry. And this season, we begin in the joyful mood. The first Sunday is a celebration of his baptism. While the last Sunday is a celebration of the transfiguration. And both of these events showed who Jesus was. They both were manifestations of the divinity of Christ. Of him being the son of God. However, for many, this is just a season that is between Christmas and Lent. But not for us. One of the things about being Episcopalian from a tradition that practices infant baptism is we most likely do not remember our own baptisms if we were baptized as an infant. Unless you have some super memory that is just that Marvel would write about. However, there are moments in our lives that are markers of ministry that harkens back to our baptism. There are moments in our lives where we dedicate 
ourselves to a ministry or to Christ himself. And these are defining moments for our Christian journeys. Moments which are personal for us. Moments that recall our baptism. And most of these stem from how we act and live as baptized members of Christ's body. By our baptisms, we are made members of the church. And because of this, we are called to take part in the life of the church. But that is not only what our baptisms are calling us to do. It is not just taking part, though that's a big purpose of our baptisms. There's more to it. We are share in Christ's baptism. Our baptisms make us part of the body of Christ here on earth. With that, it is a new way to live as Christ-like as we can. And this is why we say our baptismal covenant during baptisms, so that we remind ourselves that this is the way we promise to live our lives. And right now, the world needs to see Christ. And that is where we come in. As baptized Christians, we are able to live as Christ. And it all goes back to his baptism. The baptism of our Lord is a defining moment. Not only for Christ, but for all those who are present at the River Jordan. All the Gospels tell of the baptism in similar ways. Although Matthew has a voice directed towards those present. What we have in St. Mark's Gospel is a personal aspect of this experience. But it also is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. The other synoptic Gospels, those being Matthew and Luke, begin by telling of the birth of Jesus, as well as giving a backstory of who Jesus was, of his family, but not the Gospel of Mark. Mark begins where the ministry begins. He throws us right in the midst of the, of the action. He begins with Jesus leaving Galilee to be baptized. He throws us into the action and we keep going to Jerusalem. Mark was getting to the point in his Gospels. As I mentioned, our Gospel reading is from the very beginning of St. Mark's Gospel. Well, actually, there's a few verses before this. He opens his Gospel by stating the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Good news could also be translated to the Gospel. So it's the beginning of the gospel of Jesus. As I said, Mark gets right to the point in his gospel. He tells the readers in the first line who exactly Jesus was and is. The Son of God. There is not going to be a big reveal later on as we get to know Jesus. This is the first thing the readers know. That Jesus is the Son of God. Then they read the entire gospel with that knowledge. Mark then quotes the prophets Isaiah and Malachi, showing that God had been planning this good news long before Jesus arrived. 
After quoting Isaiah and Malachi, foretelling of John the Baptist, Mark went right into telling about John the Baptist. And this is what we hear this morning. We hear the mission of John proclaiming a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And people were coming from all over to see John, to be baptized by John. The change of heart through repentance would be shown by the baptism. Now, baptizing was nothing new in those times. The Jewish people had a long tradition of ritual washing. However, it was reserved for those entering Jerusalem from the outside. Or entering Judaism, I'm sorry, from the outside. And John's message, he is saying all need to be baptized. All need to repent. All need to prepare for the Lord, both Jews and Gentiles. We then hear about what he is wearing and what he eats, which is similar to the prophets of old. However, John's message is not is is that he is not what they are waiting for. That one is coming that is far greater than him. He is just preparing them for that one. He is like the opening act of a concert. You know, the performer who is not as big as the main show, who prepares the audience for the main act. Get him ready, get him pumped. You who who we Really did not come to see, but, but, but it's a nice side. In the same way, he is not the main show. He's the preparer for the main show. The preparer of Jesus. And then we get that main act. That main show. And he went to John to be baptized. And many theologians have struggled with this act. Why would Jesus need to be baptized if he was without sin? We see, though, that this is not a problem with Mark. He reports the moments of Jesus' baptism with no problems, with no explanations, just stating facts. Because baptism is often the sign of judgment. Perhaps Mark saw it as he was a willing his willing acceptance of the path of suffering that he must make as Messiah. So Jesus was baptized. And in that baptism, we get this powerful, beautiful scene with all three persons of the Trinity present. The Son goes into the water to be baptized. The Spirit descends on him like a dove. And a voice of the Father saying, You are my Son, the Beloved. In you I am well pleased. Again, this very personal experience manifested who Jesus was. The Son of God. It showed His divinity. It was also His starting point. For his ministry. It was after this scene where Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tested and then began his journey to Jerusalem, his journey to the cross. When Christ went into the waters of baptism, he was in a way bringing us into baptism with him. He gave us a way to be reborn with him. 
And in that rebirth, we are called to live a certain way. The way our baptismal covenant calls for us. In our baptismal covenant, which we will recite in a few moments, we strive to be Christ-like in ways that, only, that we can be. We promise to share in the fellowship with one another, breaking bread with one another. And this sharing and fellowship is done as a community built on love. We promise to renounce Satan and all of his foes, which unfortunately there still are. We promise to resist evil, which again, there is plenty of. We promise to proclaim by, good news, by word and deed the good news of Jesus Christ, that our actions, that our words show Jesus to the world. We promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves. We promise to strive for justice. Through our baptisms, we are called to mimic Christ, to serve Christ, to be Christ. Right now, our world needs Christ. It needs the reconciliation of Christ. It needs to see that evil and hatred is not taking over it. And this is where we come in, the baptized members of Christ's body. This past week, we saw the unthinkable. We saw people overtake our nation's capital. We saw people die at, this, 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 at our nation's capital, this, 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 this almost sacred space. We saw division at its ugly core. And it was a dark day for our nation. Is this who we are? I choose not to think so. As Christ's body, we cannot let anger and division overtake us. We cannot let sin and evil outshine forgiveness and love. When we live out our baptismal covenants, we live lives that show Christ. We live lives of love in the midst of division. Love that can bridge. We need that love. We need that reconciliation instead of division and hate. We need to stand up against all and reject all forms of evil. And that takes Christ. In the midst of darkness, Christ can shine bright. Christ can light the way. The theme of Epiphany, as well as the Incarnation, as I said, is about light. The light that can shine even in the darkest times when Christians like you and me live out our baptismal lives. When we live into our baptismal covenants, we show the love of Christ. We show Christ. So let us stand up for love. Let us Stand up for reconciliation. Let us stand up for peace. Let us stand up for justice. Let us stand up for Christ. Let us live our lives as Christ's body here on earth. Let us show the joy to a world that seems void of it. This is what we gain through our baptisms. This is what Christ went to the waters of baptism on that 
River Jordan for. Let us be Christ in a world that needs Christ. My brothers and sisters, this world needs us. Let us go out into the world bringing Christ with us. Amen.